0: What's going on, Player Profiler Nation? It's Maddie Kiboom. Welcome to episode two of Blue Chips, where Devi meets Dynasty, and we look at it through the lens of college football. We're diving into everything college football, covering your prospects for Dynasty, covering your prospects for Devi, covering prospects any which way we want to here on Blue Chips. And today's episode is a very special one to me because we are going to be going over my NFL First round Mock Draft 1.0 that you can find over at playerprofiler.com. Now, the one on the website uh, reflects the week 16 standings, week 17. We haven't had the update in time before posted, so we're going to use those updates here. We're going to use the time here on Blue Chips to kind of go through those edits, go through my first round. I will go player by player, give a little blurb, a little something-something about it. So we are going to dive into my Mock Draft 1.0 here on Blue Chips, so let's get into it. So for this mock, no trades. Um, It's not exactly what I think I would do. It's more of like what I think the tea leaves are saying what i've read what i've heard about the podcasts i've I've tuned into the articles i've gone through uh just kind of getting a feel for these franchises and kind of taking into consideration what they've done taking into consideration how they're game planning and really trying to put together a a perfect mock draft and obviously it won't be perfect because there will be trades all that good stuff but i didn't do any trades here this is a first round one through 32 uh where they draft is who they is where they stayed, and then we thought we'll we'll give the prospects as a whole. There's a lot of dynasty relevant players here in this mock. Here in this first round, this draft is going to be particularly exciting for us dynasty gamers because the rookie drafts are gonna be L-O-A-D-I-E-D, loaded. I almost couldn't spell loaded on my own show. Neither here, here This isn't a spelling bee. This is a prospect show. This is where Dynasty meets Devi, and we look at it through the lens of college football. We talk about the prospects, the Sunday stars before they play on Sunday, if you will. So let's dive right on into pick number one. Pick number one is the Chicago Bears pick. Uh, they have this pick after making a brilliant trade with the Panthers last year, moving from one to nine, and in doing so, they were able to get the Panthers' 24 first-round pick. They were able to get multiple picks in 2023 that they use, and then also DJ Moore, who, <laughs> I'll let your boy, had a bomb season. One week left, he has 1,300 receiving yards. He's the top 10 fantasy producer, exactly what I had thought he would be. But anyway, that's not, this is not a show about me gloating about how awesome DJ Moore is because this would be a six-hour show, <clears throat> seven-hour show, probably seven-hour show. <coughs> Excuse me, if I was going to just talk about my love of DJ, DJ Moore, who I was able to acquire in the Golden Pony Fantasy Football Experience after I was eliminated, made the good move, now he's where he's supposed to be. Anyway, let's get into the mock here. And I have the Chicago Bears selecting Caleb Williams, quarterback from USC, the uber-talented prospect living in the penthouse in L.A., doing all the right things. Now, I believe that the right move here is to kick the can down the road. I think that they trade back, um, continue to gain at gather assets, and stay with Fields. And I know a lot of people's sentiment is, you take the quarterback, you reset the rookie clock, and you maximize salary that way. But I think it's when you really dive into the nitty-gritty, yeah, that sounds great, and of course that makes sense. But you're also rebuilding culture. You're also rebuilding relationships. That's going to take time, and you may find yourself in a similar situation where you're four years in and now you're doing the same thing. Whereas Justin Fields, you can extend him with the fifth-year option, and then you can franchise him. I know that's expensive, but you're not committing long-term over this thing. You still have two or three years to see what you have with this team as it's incorporating. And he's looking like he's a leader. He's looking like this team's going in the right direction. The defense is playing good. I hate that Matt Eberflus is doing the damn thing with the defense because I think he ends up sticking around. And I think that might be counterproductive for the offense as a whole. Uh, you know, for the Bears going forward. But anyway, in this move, I have them taking Caleb Williams uh because it does seem like if you're reading the tea leaves there's a lot of sentiment that believes um that he is that Caleb's coming to town. Caleb's going to Chicago. He, you know, Caleb Williams is going to Chicago. So uber talented kid, uh super prospect has his red flags but it's really more nitpicky I would say. He can make all the throws. He's mobile. Uh he's 6-1. He's not so tall but he's not he's not as short as Bryce Young or or Kyler Murray, even so, uh, he's he's going to be a good pro, and if he gets to the right landing spot, um, uh, he's going to be a good pro. So Caleb Williams at the one hundred and one, at the one hundred and two, Drake May going to the Washington Commanders. Now Sam Howell is just not doing a good job displaying that he is the franchise quarterback. And now that there's going to probably be a new regime, there's a new ownership group. The Drake May fit in in Washington just looks. It looked perfect. It looks. I can see it. I I, I know that they're going to be. You know, the rumors have already happened that they uh, uh got an interest in Caleb. Could be a smokescreen. Could be not. There's a lot that's left to play out from now to the NFL draft. So, in my mock 1.0, the the Washington Commanders are getting Drizzy Drake May. That brings up the New England Patriots, my hometown team, the team that I root for personally as a fan. And now this leaves the the crossroads here. Do they go? Marvin Harrison, and then maybe go Russell Wilson or a vet. I don't think so. I think that we are looking at a new regime change. I think Mac Jones and Bill Belichick are out in New England, and I think the new era of Patriot football is going to be built around that of Jaden Daniels. Now, Jaden Daniels, his red flag is his size. He does look skinny. He is skinny, but he's a high-powered uh, playmaker. He ran for over a thousand yards, threw for over three thousand yards. He, he was a monster. At LSU last year, 3,800 yards uh, passing, over 1,200 yards rushing. I mean, his upside is tremendous. The 6'4", 210, he can get a little bulkier. I'd like to see him weighing at the combine at 220, but I don't know if that's going to happen if he wants to be a burner. Um, But he has a, a bit of that athleticism freak, that upside. And... Over the course of time, over the course of history, we keep going back to the, you know, the Lamar Jackson at pick 32, like how good it is to get one of these playmakers in. Where I think the Patriots would benefit from getting a guy like this is they don't have weapons around them. So yeah, a Michael Penix Jr. can throw the ball better. Yeah, maybe a Bo Nix is more polished than a Jane Daniels, but those guys need playmakers to truly reach their pinnacle. Patriots are deprived of playmakers. They have Pop Douglas and nothing when it comes to the pass catchers on that team. So I think you got a guy like Jaden Daniels, and you can use his legs to your advantage. You can use the scheme to your advantage, and you can kind of dial up some, some really funky, some fun things with that offense. So I think that that is the perfect fit. Uh, let's move on to pick number four, Marvin Harrison Jr. to the Cardinals. Seems as stock and loaded as locked and loaded. Uh, I do think we will see a a, a push uh, to the top of the lead, top of the draft with quarterbacks, uh, whether it be Daniels, whether it be Penix, whether it be Knicks, whatever. I do think there going to be two, three, maybe even four uh, quarterbacks taken at the top. But the thing about uh, the Cardinals, if they have the fourth pick, they're going to take Marvin Harris. I don't see them trading back. I think he's such a good fit. Uh, Kyler Murray's gotten the boat of confidence from his head coach. They've just beat the Philadelphia Eagles. They're playing pretty decent football. And, you know, Hollywood's going to be out. He's a free agent bring in Marvin Harrison Jr., one of the best high, uh you know wide receiver prospects we've ever seen. And I think that's a great way to start building your franchise from there. So, that is my top four picks. Now let's move on to pick number 5, the um New York Football Giants. They are obviously going to be primed for a quarterback, but I have them taking uh Joe All, offensive tackle from um the Notre Dame. I in my opinion, uh He's the best tackle in the draft. I think he has the safest floor. He might not have the highest of upsides, but his upside is tremendous. I think this is a a, a no-doubter. Put him in your your lineup, and now you have a really, really good uh, tackle in your hands. Uh, And and the Giants have arguably one of the worst offensive lines in the league. So adding Alt would just be uh, a fantastic addition for them. And then this leads to uh, the pick six. Uh, But before we get into pick six, I want to hear from our sponsors. Let's hear about Rival Fantasy.
1: This episode is brought to you by Rival Fantasy. Rival Fantasy, the coolest fantasy platform not enough people know about, but they will once I'm done, baby, because they're always innovating. They just rolled out seasonal leagues. We set them up for patrons, for our listeners, and they funded over $1,000 in payouts. That's what Rival's all about. They're always innovating. They already had the fantasy book where you can take overs and unders, stack them up, multiply your payout. But then they added challenges so you can set your own lines and put them out there for the community and then you can browse the community's lines and say hey this guy's crazy i'm gonna take the other side it's cool and they have fantasy bingo rival fantasies reminded me how much fun i can have with fantasy football and use that promo code player the promo code is player they give you a 100 instant deposit match plus 25 plus a free play that promo code is player for up to 125 dollars in deposit bonus and a free play. You can't beat it.
0: Matty Kiwum here. Blue Chips episode number two. We are going over my Mach 1.0 that you can find over at playerprofiler.com. We are at the 106. Los Angeles Chargers are on the clock. And I have them selecting Malik Neighbors. Malik Neighbors would be the number one prospect in this class at the wide receiver position if it wasn't for the generational talent of Marvin Harrison Jr. He had over 1,500 receiving yards, um, 89 receptions. He was amongst the tops of the leagues, or I shouldn't say in college football, in yards per out run. Um, he graded so well against man coverage. He was so tough to cover. And when I watch him play, I see Buffalo Bills' Stefan Diggs. Uh, which means he could be a, a, a serious weapon for the L.A. Chargers. And I think they right the wrong that they made, taking Quentin Johnson around one in 2023. They they go to the top of the well, take Malik Neighbors, set it, forget it. now they have their next stud for when Keenan Allen retires. Next up is the Tennessee Titans, and I have them taken. man, I am so bad with names, and this is some – I am going to have to look in the mirror and practice. Olumiwu Fashanu. I'm going to call him Olu Fashano. Olu Fashano. We'll call him Olu Fashano for now. I, I, Mr. Fashano, I will get it right. Don't worry. I will get it right. But Tennessee is more than happy to walk away with probably the tackle the most upside here at the 107. So, and you know, they're just going to keep trying to uh, build that offensive line and get uh, Will Levis to stay upright. So, this is a pretty simple pick. Next is uh, the New York Jets selecting Brock Bowers. Now, I have the I like this saying it's called in for a penny, in for a pound. They're in for a penny, so they might as well be in for a pound when it comes to Aaron Rodgers. Just continue to bolster up the weapons around Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers will be back in 2024. And I think that getting one of the most tight end or one of the most decorated and most hyped tight end prospects we've ever seen is a good process. Tyler Conklin's been good, but Brock Bowers would be such an upgrade. I mean, think about that. Bowers, Garrett Wilson, Brees Hall, you have – you have really good players at all the you know different spots of your offense, and then then you could pepper in the rest of the offense with after that. But you're talking about target monsters, yak monsters, playmakers there. So Brock Bowers going to uh, the Jets at the 108, just makes all the sense in the world, which leaves the Falcons here with the 109. I have them taking the edge rusher, Latu, out of UCLA. Uh, Atlanta's pass rush has been one of the worst in the league in 2023. And Latu falling to them is just a gift that they can't pass up. I think he's the most talented um, edge rusher in this class. I think he's going to look great throughout the process. And I think a top 10 selection is all but certain when it comes to 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 Mr. Uh, Latu uh for UCLA. So which that brings us to the top 10. Let's get to the top 10. Chicago Bears having their own draft selection and I have them taking um Talisi Fuanga, Fuanga. He is a, a, a massive left tackle, super talented player, very consistent producer at Oregon State over the last 3 years. Um and he's like I said, he's a mountain of a man, 6'6", 330. He's a, he's going to be an early declare. Uh, top 20 prospect. And this year, if you if the Bears are going to go ahead and take their new franchise quarterback, it only makes sense to now take your franchise left tackle here at the 110. But it, see, I, that's, this is why I think they should trade back. Keep field. You get two of these players, get Fuaga plus wherever else they fall, maybe get them an offensive weapon. But that's not a, a conversation for another day. Here we are at the 111. The Las, a- uh, Las Vegas Raiders are on the clock, and they take their franchise. Charizard quarterback Bo Nix. Now, I know what a lot of you be saying, no, Penix over Nix. And you might be right. Throughout the process, maybe I make the switch. But as of right now, I have Bo Nix higher than Michael Penix. I just have had him throughout the process. And he just hasn't done anything to warrant me uh, to push him away as my fourth quarterback off the board. I think he's very talented. And I think Penix is very, very talented. He is going to come up very, very soon in this mock draft. I think a lot of quarterbacks go in round one. But Bonix, you know, Vegas, they they're gonna be having a new regime, whether it be uh with Antonio Pierce or with someone they bring from the outside. I like the idea of them keeping Pierce. I'm kind of basing a lot of my decisions around this franchise with them keeping Pierce because I think he's set up a culture um that is really going to be infectious and really something they could build off of. But Aiden O'Connell's not the guy. He's just not the guy. Bo Nix could be that guy and have him having him fall with the weapons that they already have to the 111 would be a great match for the um, Vegas Raiders. At the 112 is the Minnesota Vikings. Now I know a lot of people are already clamoring for the, the Penix connection here or the Bo Nix connection here. Them taking quarterback. Justin Jefferson just came out again last week how much he, he wants Kirk Cousins back I think that they, they bring Kirk Cousins back and I do not think that they go quarterback although it would be interesting uh, I see that I, I, I've i even gone a record guaranteeing that Cousins comes back so I think that they go pass rush here and they take Jared Verse from uh, Florida State um, he is nasty he is a very very strong pass rusher um, he has been throughout his career in college even before he got to Florida State and then last year 11 sacks getting after the quarterback, being an absolute menace on the defensive side of the ball. He fits their scheme, um, and they just had an atrocious pass rush. So I think that they take the least, the, the maybe not as sexy pick, um, and they take Jared Versi from Florida State. Now we're up with the 113. Uh, the New Orleans Saints takes Braylon Trice. Uh, he's just, he fits their scheme. He's big. He's been a very constant producer at Washington. And I think him. I think Foskey and Trice is kind of that nice little pass-rushing pairing that kind of sets up the Saints in the future when Cam Jordan does retire. They do like typically like the big uh, edge rushers, which is why Trice flew up the board for me here as opposed to some of the other options. So Trice goes 113. Denver Broncos are up. And now Denver, uh, knowing that they're going to move on from uh, Russell Wilson, becomes a very strong player for a quarterback i don't have them taking a quarterback here uh perhaps in my 2.0 i will uh but right here i have them taking uh jershon newton uh defensive tackle from illinois they really just need help all over their defense um but we saw how bad they were at stopping the run and this kid is a really strong pass rusher disruptor in the middle of that defensive line um, he had eight sacks in 2023, and he's good at all, like I said, he's good at stopping the run. He's really just uh bring him in and improve that defensive line immediately, type of player, which is why I think they select him at the 114. which brings up the Seattle Seahawks at the 115. And I have them selecting Michael Penix Jr. from Washington. Uh Geno Smith has said that he's more than comfortable taking on that mentor role for a young signal caller. Um And I think that the Seahawks keep Penix in state and they kind of adapt this new iteration of the offense. I think that when you're looking at a Bo Nix, when you're looking at Michael Penix, I'm hoping that the franchise that select them for us, this is selfish for for our dynasty teams, for our fantasy leagues. I want the teams that have weapons to get these players because I don't think that they reach their maximized potential having to shoulder the load of an entire team. Um, That's why I don't want one of those guys one of the Patriots. I want one of these guys going to a team that has uh, Devonte Adams, Jacoby Myers, and Michael Mayer, uh, or you know DK Metcalf, JSN, Tyler Lockett, uh, Kenneth Walker Jr. I mean, the he will thrive in this offense. That's why I think Michael Penix going uh, 15th to the Seahawks is very much a play. So I make six quarterbacks in the top six in top 15. The first half of the first round, six quarterbacks. I think that's the type of year we're piling up for. So many franchise-needed quarterbacks, and this, these kids are not falling off. I would say that the, the hype that has potentially fallen back are the one and two, Drake May and Caleb Williams. They have kind of dimmed a little bit when it comes to the hype, but when the process happens and we see their pro days and we see them at the combine, that hype will build right back up, and, and they'll be exactly what they're supposed to be. And then these other kids, you could see a situation where all six of them go in the top 12, that, these, that trades – you know, compile up because you could sit here and if you see three quarterbacks off the board and you're the in are Ohio State, I mean, Ohio State, if you're the Arizona Cardinals and you believe that you are OK with Malik Neighbors or Marvin Harrison or you're OK with one of the tackles, you could trade back and make it four in a row. I, I think that we will see a lot of quarterbacks taken. So that's my quarterback. Um, what do you call it? I digress on this quarterback thing here, uh, which leaves now we're up to the Cincinnati Bengals. Now, this is probably the most fun pick that I made. Um, this is, I would imagine, going to cause people to scratch their heads. But Keon Coleman, second wide receiver off the board. And I know, oh, third wide receiver off the board. And a lot of people will be saying, well, that's got to be Roma Dunze. And I would. He will probably agree. He's my wide receiver three in my rankings. I particularly have a lot of reservations about Keon Coleman. I I I got to dive into him more throughout the process. I'm a little nervous of the prospect profile because he doesn't have a high yards per route run. And as productive as he was, he still only had 658 receiving yards. It wasn't like he lit the world on fire. But when you're talking about fit, this is a fit. This is a fit in main heaven. Now all the premier tackles are off the board. Uh, the, the, the really upper echelon, upper, upper echelon tackles are off the board, top three. So I think that they let T. Higgins go in free agency, and then they just draft a guy who can slot right into that role. And they keep the train rolling. And Keon Coleman, he makes the plays. I think that this situation in particular would get me the most excited where he can be the number two. He doesn't have to be volume dependent. He can literally just be T. Higgins. So I love that I love that fit for for. Keon Coleman in the Cincinnati Bengals, which brings up the second pick of the Arizona Cardinals first round. And man, do they have a very good first round in Mach 1.0, according to Mr. Matty Keywoom. They take Kool-Aid McKinsey, who is my number one cornerback. So they address uh, receiver at, at the top part of the draft and the mid part. They get number one corner. They need upgrades to that that's defensive secondary, and McKinsey brings that immediately. Now we're up with the Pittsburgh Steelers, and now there's going to be a lot of ways the Steelers can go. They can take another cornerback. Uh, if McKinstry falls to them, they could take McKinstry. Excuse me, they could take a quarterback. Kenny Pickett's not the guy. So if they're in line to trade up for a quarterback, um, that'd be great. And again, Penix fits that this team. They'll have weapons good structure, good culture, exactly what you're looking for, for a guy like Penix or like Bonix. So if he falls here, But in this mock, I have him taking uh, the tackle from Alabama, J.C. Latham. J.C. Latham's a good player. Um, I don't know if he necessarily sticks at tackle. His size certainly says that he will at 6'6", 335. Um, but he's just been a good performer at Bama, and we know how Bama tackles. They can kind of... Flux rate. We obviously there are some good ones. There have been some bad ones. Evan Neal's one that come to mind. Um, but he's really just he's been there right tackle. Um now I know their first round pick right from last year has been playing right tackle, but I think that they can just basically put the two kids together and have now their two monsters on the outside and have two really promising young tackles. So Latham goes here. Uh, Then the Green Bay Packers are up and they take my second cornerback in my rankings, which is Nate Wiggins from Clemson. They traded Rashul Douglas, Jair Alexander. I think his days are numbered there. He's having trouble being healthy. He hasn't been productive. He was suspended last week. So I think Wiggins falling to the Packers here is a good fit. And I think that now that they, might be have put it building something, and they've been putting together defensive pieces over the years. Getting a piece in the secondary makes too much sense, and Wiggins is just too good to pass up here at 119. Now we are up with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and there's a little bit of a cornerback run going. Uh, we see three cornerbacks in the last four selections. They take Cooper DeGene from Iowa. Tampa needs a few things, um, uh, but they can cover throughout the draft. Um, but basically, their their secondary has been bad. Jameel Dean, Carlton Davis, Zion McCollum, uh, they've just not been good. Uh, they've been getting diced up and down, left and right. It's been bad. And Dejean has the size, the pedigree, the talent to go round one. Um, he comes from a promising defense, um, and, he, and he's going to be on the team. If you know, you know. He's going to be on the team. Uh, So Cooper DeGene goes at the 120. Uh, Next up, Indianapolis Colts. They take the defensive end from Penn State, Chop Robinson. Now, if Michael Pittman walks, there's a very good chance I think they go wide receiver in round one. But I think that they do what's right and they pay Pittman because he's just really broke out this year. I think he's proven he could be the alpha in this offense. He worked well. With Anthony Richardson, he worked well with Gardner Minshew. So I think that they pass a wide receiver, and Chop Robinson following them at 19 just makes them very, very happy. He fits their scheme. Um, He's a good player, high-engine kid, uh, and I think they're more than excited to bring him aboard. Next up, the Jacksonville Jaguars at the 122 take Bama edge rusher Dallas Turner. Josh Allen is set to hit free agency, so the Jaguars could decide that they just would rather replace him in the draft than use the money on him. Uh, Turner is coming off of double digit sack season in the SEC. Um and he fits that type of pass So they've gone edge. You know, they took Walker. Uh, Walker. What, I think it's Walker at the 101 a few years ago. But getting Turner here, I think, makes sense. He's just kind of that off, you know, hand out of the dirt, kind of pin your ears back type of edge rusher that could really help this defense. Now we're up at the LA Rams at the 1 2 3. And I'm taking Amarius Mims here. Um Wide receiver would be sexy. Quarterback, they're not taking – trading up for a quarterback would be sexy. But I think that McVay said he's coming back. Stafford wants to keep playing. I think they keep that train rolling. And But now it's time to start protect protecting him. They were pretty good at at pass protection this year. But the fact of the matter is if you look at their depth chart, they, they ain't getting any younger. They got a pretty aging offensive line. And Mims is my um, last tackle with a first-round grade. So getting him here towards the back end of the draft makes sense. He's massive. Uh, tackle out of Georgia, um uh, six, seven, three forty. <laughs> it's a it's a big kid. Uh he hasn't necessarily been dominant, but he checks a lot of the boxes. He he can pass block, he can run block, he's he's truly all around good player. And um he would be an early declare, which means uh he's got that upside, he's got that age on his side. So now let's move on to Buffalo for potentially one of the sexiest picks of the first round, Rome Adunzi. Gabe Davis out. They let him walk. They bring in Rome Adunzi, and the Bills cannot be happier. Um, They not only bring in um, an uber-effective wide receiver two, but they bring the heir apparent to being a wide receiver one. Um, Diggs has been bad. Diggs has not been good for them down the stretch. Um, I think that they are going to be really in the market for wide receiver via draft. There's some really good studs here. And I think just this middling part of the draft, I don't know if we see a ton of receivers. That's kind of been where we've seen a lot of receivers go, the 11s, the 12s, the 14s over the past few years. I think we see them kind of float to the end where the wide receiver needy teams are and that's just going to benefit teams like um the, the the Bills and the next team on the clock. So Bills get their guy, more than happy with Roman Dunsey, who's a 6'3" stud, he can do it all. You can watch him in the National Championship game, it's going to be a blast. He's been awesome all year long and including the playoffs. And then ne- next up is the uh, Kansas City Chiefs and I have them taking Troy Franklin, wide receiver from Oregon. Now, could have went, you know, Tez Walker, could have went Brian Thomas here, but Troy Franklin flies he flies and mvs sucks he is not their guy i think the pairing franklin with rice and kelsey is that that chef's kiss that perfect complement of talent who's in and it's not like franklin's a slouch he's coming off a ridiculous season we had 1300 receiving yards and 14 touchdowns and even last year he had 891 receiving yards and nine touchdowns. He's very good. His yards per outrun checks, his coverage, his grade versus man coverage, also checks, which is something I like because if you can beat man coverage, you got you, it helps you in the further steps of your career. He is a little light at 6'3", 187, but that's okay. He can put on a little bit of muscle, and he doesn't need to be this hulking 10-target guy. What they need is someone who can be feared down the field, who catches that ball against the Eagles for the win. And Troy Franklin is that guy. Now, let's move on to the team that was happy that MVS could not make the catch, the Philadelphia Eagles. I have them taking Jackson Powers Johnson. Now, you might be saying to yourself, what? 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 No one has this kid in the first round. He's like a second, third round guy. He's the best center in the draft. And that's not close. He might be the best interior lineman. And matter of fact, he is the best interior lineman in this entire draft. In Hall of Famer, in my doppelganger, Jason Kelsey. He might be retiring. And if it's not this year, it's going to be very, very soon. And the fact of the matter is so much of this team need – the Eagles rely on a strong presence at center, the tush push, the way that they run their offense through with Jalen Hurts running the football. They they can't afford to have a massive drop-off at this particular position. So I believe that Jason Kelsey does retire. Um that kind of seems to be the case. And with that, I think that they don't mess around. They, they, It's not like they're littered with holes. They can make a luxury pick. They can make a pick where they reach here at the end of the first. And I think Jackson Powers Johnson is that perfect guy. You bring him in and you just keep building. That offensive line, you keep it strong because it's so important to how they operate in Philly. So I think that is the pick there. at The one, two, seven, the Detroit Motor City Kitties. Shout out to Cody Carpenter. He's the one that put that on my head. He always calls them Detroit Motor City Kitties, and it just sticks. It's hilarious. I said that to my daughters, and they love it. They now run around. They're the kitties. The kitties. It's just, it's just funny. So uh, I have them sucking Leonard Taylor the third, big old D tackle from the University of Miami, a uh, productive player. Got the first round. He's probably a first-round grade. Really, really great 2022. Uh, he did fall off a little bit in 2023, but um, he's he still he still got that talent, the same talent that he displayed a year ago. He's 6'3", 305, so he's over that 300 uh, threshold to play the anchor for this defense. And he just provides a big, big upgrade to the middle of their D-line. And I think that they're another team that have been okay selecting – picks that make you go what jack campbell um jameer gibbs last year that was like what that was a our mock. we didn't think that was gonna happen and they look like screw it that's what helps our team and i think that uh taylor here really does help their team now the 128 we have another defensive tackle being drafted chavondre sweat uh now again i gotta give a big shout out to cody for this he's put he's put uh me onto this player he's kind of being regarded as the fifth or sixth tackle, defensive tackle in this class, um, but I have him at, at, at three, I mean, and he's going to push two. I think he's going to have some of the 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 high the most helium throughout the process. Because um, in Houston, they need to improve in the trenches, whether it be offensive defense. And I don't think that they let sweat leave the state of Texas. He had such a good, dominant twenty twenty three. That sometimes this helps propel these kids into the first round, and when you look at it, I don't think that the um, you know, the Houston's next pick uh, doesn't come to the two seventeen. So they're waiting a lot. They're sitting back and having to wait a long time before they make the next selection. I think that they take this pick here. This is the Cleveland Brown slot, um, not the Houston Texans slot. The Houston Texans slot is uh, awarded to the Cardinals after the trade for I think it was Will Anderson last year. So we go uh, Trevandre, Sweat, D-Tackle. Uh, and then this next pick, again, is a bit of a reach, but I just think it makes sense in so many levels. Now, there is a scenario where I could see this kid going back to school. There's a scenario where I could see this kid going in the second round. So maybe they don't take him here in the first. But Jatavian uh, Sanders, tight end Texas, he is – um, a stud tight end. And if it wasn't for Brock Bowers, he'd be the number one in this class. I think he would definitely come out because he would be a first-round uh, pick if it wasn't for Bowers. Now, you look at his 682 receiving yards and you don't realize how good that is, uh, especially when he's sharing an offense with Jonathan Brooks when he was healthy, who was a dominant receiver, Xavier Worthy, one of the fastest wide receivers in this class, and then Adonai Mitchell. These are you know really good players and his yards per out run is there. Uh, He doesn't drop the ball. He's one of the best yak tight ends in college football. Super athletic. And what people do forget, he is a blue chip prospect. He was the number one tight end in his class ahead of Brock Bowers. So this kid has been on the radar, been productive, has round one written all over him. And I think through the process, a team like the, the Dolphins, who love athleticism, love playmaking, love speed, can't pass up on him. Uh, I know they don't use their tight end, but they don't have a guy like Sanders. And I think you add a player, a playmaker like this in the middle of your field, it's just going to further open up how defenses have to game plan for Jalen Waddle, Tyree Kill, and now Javian Sanders. I think this is a match made in heaven that, um, again, is just – Sitting here at the end of the first round is a home run, for my opinion. Uh, This is another pick that was a little bit of a crazy one here, but the more I dove into it, the more it just kind of makes sense to me. Jeremiah Trotter Jr. going first round to the Dallas Cowboys. Now, he does not have a round one grade on most publications, but that's okay. I don't care. Uh, This is my process. Dallas does lack a little bit of that thump. Other uh, linebacker group, they're a little small, and we keep seeing that bite them in the ass over and over again. Trotter does help with that problem. He is a thumper. Six foot two thirty. He's just a brick wall. He is tough in that way. And then this is where it's gonna get crazy. In my mock, I wrote this, so I'm gonna put it on the video as well. This is Bill Belichick's first draft selection. <laughs> <laughs> As the Dallas Cowboys head coach, so if, as I know Bill, as he being the head coach of my favorite team for the better part of my entire life, he will make selections at the end of the first round that make you go, mm, "Is that a reach?" But this is, this is a new territory for him. This is a new franchise for him. He's got playmakers on this team. He can get the player that helps them most, and a thumper is what helps them the most. And Jeremiah Trotter has the pedigree. Dad was in the NFL. Uh, I think this is a, a great pick by the Dallas Cowboys. The Niners are up next according to the current standings, and they need to go tackle, so they maybe don't take a first-round graded tackle. But if you talk about the, the second-to-last pick in the first round, and they get a very good tackle in Troy Fontenu. He's been another consistent producer over at Washington. Um, he fits the mold. To be, he's 6'4", 3'17", so I think he'll have some versatility if he wants to settle in tier outs or in the outside. They obviously have Trent Williams, big dog, over at the left tackle, so they don't need a left tackle. They can put them at right. They can put them at the guard. But I think that they'll have their choice here of Fontenu, Barton, Morgan, Paul. These are all offensive linemen that could be selected at the back end of the first round. And I think that right now, as my process has started to play out, they're going to go ahead and get Troy Fontenot, offensive tackle now. This is the last pick of the mock draft. This is the last pick of the video. And it's probably the scariest one that no one really realizes because it doesn't have that blatant sex appeal. And it also doesn't have fantasy football ramifications. But the Baltimore Ravens, Super Bowl champs, selecting Tyler Newbin, safety from Washington or or from Minnesota. So they could use a a well-rounded safety. Baltimore selects, in my opinion, the most well-rounded safety in the class. Um, He put together a really, really dynamic 2023, and they've been using Kyle Hamilton in the slot a ton, and we've seen him be super disruptive there. I mean, the the Monday Night Football game against the, the Niners a few weeks ago where he had two picks really shows how much he can help in the slot there. So you get a guy like Newbin who can kind of man that secondary, you know, man the back part, play a little center field, but also have the ability to, to crush people. Also, he's a ball hawk. I mean, Newbin had a great 2023. This is a, a scary selection. For uh, the Baltimore Ravens, so that is it. That is my first round. So I will go a. I will give a quick bang, bang, bang recap of the round one. So starting with the one hundred and one, Caleb Williams, Drake May, Jaden Daniels, Marvin Harrison Jr., Joe Alt, one hundred and six, Malik Neighbors, Olufashinu, Brock Bowers, to Teles Fuaga, Bo Nix, Jared Verse, Braylon trice Jershon Newton, Michael Penix Jr. rounds up the top fifteen. Starting at the one sixteen, Keon Coleman, Kool Aid McKinstry, J.C. Latham, Nate Wiggins, Cooper DeJean for the team. We finally got one. We got one on the team. Chop Robinson goes to the Colts. Dallas Turner, Am- Amarius Mims, Roma Dunzi, one twenty four to the Bills. Troy Franklin to the Chiefs. Uh, Jackson Powers Johnson, T- Leonard Taylor the third, Trevondre Sweat, Jatavian Sanders, Jeremiah Trotter, Troy Fontenue, and Tyler Newbin. 132 to the Baltimore Ravens. So that is it. That is the mock draft 1.0 recap here on Blue Chips Episode 2. Where Devi meets Dynasty meets college football, and we look at all the prospects, the all-encompassing uh, a class of of college football athletes, the stars that we will undoubtedly see on Sunday. We're going to start covering them here in the Blue Chips now before they play on Sunday, so we can check that out. I'm Matty Kiwum. You can find me on Twitter at Matty Keewoom. Uh Articles coming out at Player Profile. We got a lot coming in this off season. It is the Dynasty on season here at Player Profile, so be tuning in for all the good stuff. Here, game plan trade gods, a little bit of hiatus at the end of the year, but we will be back bringing you some tools to help in your, tubo. but trade philosophies episode two will be coming out soon. So you can check that out. And if you just can't get enough of your boy head over to patreon.com forward slash executives, but this is blue chips. I'm at a key room, and I will see you next time deuces. Hey, I want to take a moment to
1: thank you for tuning in. It's important to me that all of our media be free. This is only possible because of you